Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers, where only one of us is an actual father, none of us are a priest. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. How are we doing? I like how we're just going to act like Tyler wasn't just licking beer <laughs> off his fingers. <laughs> hey, man, it's got a little sticky, all right? Yeah, those those uh, cracks at the beginning can get kind of wild sometimes. Uh, but they're authentic. But they're real. <laughs> they're the real deal. Um, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. You can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, tonight, today we have a waiver wire show for you. Uh, gonna try to help you as much as we can on this terrific bye week. Um, with a bunch of teams and fantasy superstars on by, it's going to be rough. So we'll go through our favorite waiver wires ads at each position, and then we'll do some buy or sell at the end, and that'll be it. So uh, bye weeks, we got Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. All those teams on by. A lot of fantasy-relevant players on by. <laughs> Do you want me to speed through those real quick? Yeah, why don't you run through your right. list? We got Zeke Elliott, Mari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, Emmanuel Sanders, Zach Moss, Dawson Knox, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, James Robinson, Marvin Jones Jr., Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert. Whew. Only available on Spies Last. That was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that sucks. Uh, a lot of a lot of guys out. Hopefully um, you prepped for this a little bit last week. Some of these waiver guys might already be gone if you were doing so. Uh, but let's start it off at the quarterback position uh, today for waivers. And let's start it with Jameis Winston. Uh, he's available in roughly 42% of leagues right now. Uh, playing Seattle this week, and they are giving up 21 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position. They've been pretty terrible as a defense as a whole. And he should be getting Michael Thomas back this week. At least he's eligible eligible to return this week. Maybe I'm I'm putting the roster percentages opposite you guys, but um, the 42% means he's rostered in 42% of leagues, so he's available in 58% of leagues. Oh right, did I say that wrong? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, am I doing I it backwards, or did, no, did you just no, do it? No, I did it backwards. Oh okay, just just <laughs> wanted to double check on that. Yeah, but I, I just want to touch on Jameis. Like I, out of the three quarterbacks we're going to name, it's the one I'm definitely the lowest on for sure. Um, he, he's like a boomer bust guy, but um, what about for next week though? Playing. Playing Seattle, and if he gets Michael Thomas back, that's why he's on the list. <laughs> yeah, that looks pretty good, honestly. But um, I mean, for this week, um, I, I I think the other guys are gonna be better for sure. All right, Tyler, you'll find out who the other guys are. Um, I mean, he's playing Seattle. He's they're like one of the worst passing defenses in the league. Yeah, sure, you're always gonna have the risk of him. You know, he could throw three picks. So, it, as Trey said, he's boomer bust. Um, but if you're hurting for quarterbacks, you know, if you had a Justin Herbert, you know, and he's not playing this week, you could go worse, you know. I mean, there's much worse matchups out there. So, I don't know. I'd roll the dice if I was in a pinch. Yep. I mean, he's also uh, supposed to get Traquan Smith back, I believe, or he could possibly. So, he could possibly have two of his receivers back. So, I mean, it's definitely looking better than usual. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on here at quarterback to a Tagovailoa, only rostered in twenty-seven percent of teams. Um, on sleeper right now, he put up a nice game last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Uh, but the Jags, as we know, aren't great as of right now. Uh, but still, twenty-two fantasy points. He looks sharp in his return, three hundred plus yards and a couple tatters. Plays Atlanta next week. Uh, do you guys think Tua is worthy of a waiver ad? No. <laughs> Personally, I wouldn't go with him. On I just I can't trust Tua. He's has you know he's been a starter for I don't know how many games it is now. 
But, like, he's super up and down. Um, I can't have faith just because it's a good matchup that he's going to perform. Yeah, I'm kind of along those lines, but not just, like, a straight-up no. <laughs> like, it's... Uh, yeah, the lack of, like, stats to see from him because he only has two weeks' worth of stats to look at right now, definitely concerning. So it's really like a boomer bust guy again. You don't know. He might put up, like, an eight-point game for you. But he did go overseas, put up 300-plus and two touchdowns in an NFL game. It is the Jaguars, but that's that's pretty impressive coming off an injury, I think. And, I mean, playing Atlanta, one of the worst pass defenses. So it's, it's definitely not one of the worst starts you could have. If he's available and you can't get one of these other guys – you're in an all right position. Yeah, he's supposed to be getting some of his weapons back this week as well, so uh, that should help. Would you guys rather, if you had to decide, would you rather stream Tua or Jameis this week? Uh, Jameis, and for I mean, obviously I'm opposite of you guys probably a little bit on this, but I'm Tua is just not a guy even trying to roster. Um, the only reason I even go, I would even consider Tua is if I was in a deep, deep league or even a two quarterback league. Yeah, or like a dynasty league, maybe if he, you know, right, he could improve, but I, I would still start Jameis over Tua, um, without question this week. This week, I mean, in his short sample size, though, he has put up two good games. So I mean, it's, I'm on your guys' side, but at the same time, I mean, who knows? This could be a sleeper guy that no one is really on right now. You know, I mean, he's averaging 20 points a game in two games. Can't really call on average, but yeah. right. I, I'm guess I'm still going back to like you know his he had what ten starts last year or nine starts something like that, um, and he only put up like one or two fantasy relevant games. So I'm still just bank. I need to see more consistency consistency before I want to throw in my starting lineup. What about Josh Allen though? Quarterbacks are making strides these days. Yeah, but Josh Allen did over the course of a full season. I mean, we've I seen it in like a game. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> quite the comparison for sure um Derek Carr's next on the list at uh he's rostered in 49 percent of leagues on sleeper he's playing Philly this week uh they're giving up 20 fantasy points per game to the quarterback position looks pretty good last week uh looks like they were playing with a bit of a chip on the shoulder after all the news um Trey, any thoughts on Derek Carr this week as a waiver or streaming quarterback? Really, he's kind of been in that streaming conversation every week, it seems. Yeah, because I keep bringing into the conversation every week, probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, but he's he's put up twenty or more fantasy points in four out of six weeks. So yeah, it's he, like, he did have a dud in one of those games. Are you looking at right now? He had like nine points one game, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Chicago last week he had eight, and the week before he put up fourteen, which isn't great either. You you know, he kind of based a floor for any quarterback you want, you know, 17 or 18, usually most weeks. But against a poor Philly defense, I mean, I, this is – out of the three guys we named, this is the guy I would go for. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Like, D.C. all the way. And, I mean, Tyler was bringing it up before we started recording that uh, Derek Carr is second in air yards in the league right now. So, I mean, he's airing it out, and they have a new coach, and it seemed like he wasn't afraid to air it out at all. So, I mean, th- things still look good for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's probably more rostered than the other two and across platforms, but um yeah, I would I would start I would start Derek Carr over both those guys. Uh let's keep her moving though on to the wide receivers. Um let's start with uh Rashad Bateman, probably more rostered than not for most of you, but worth bringing up because he kind of came in and was instantly uh, part of the offense, he uh he had six targets, which uh tied for the lead on the entire team. Um, turned that into four receptions for just twenty nine yards. But he should be pretty heavily involved going forward. I think they wanted to ease him in a bit and um and and really try to see what they have in him. He's a twenty. He was the twenty seventh overall pick in the first round. Um, so they definitely want to see what they have in Bateman. So if he's not already rostered, you should definitely be picking him up. Yeah, I like Bateman a lot. I mean, his targets um, were nice to see. Obviously, the yardage total is not nice to see, but that was a bad game for Lamar Jackson, and he's had a really good year this year so far. Yeah. And, I mean, it sucks that his first taste of playing with Lamar Jackson this year was his worst game. But, I mean, so it's really just pointing up from here for him. I'm just really curious how – I mean, obviously, you're going to get this guy on your team if you want to get him, but 
there's still all these other mouths to feed, like Mark, like Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, still got Sammy Watkins there. Um, whoever's in at running back whenever they're deciding to do that. <laughs> like, so, um, even if he is good and producing, it probably won't be consistent, you know? So yep. if you're, if you're like a p- plug and play, I mean, it really hit or miss is what I'm trying to get at. For sure. I mean, I think regardless of, I mean, I'm not big on Sammy Watkins, so I'm not worried about him, but he's definitely either way is going to be the, you know, third option in this passing offense, you know, behind Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, which, I mean, that's going to just lead to super dicey games. Um, you're never, I mean, I almost guarantee you at one, some point he's gonna have, he's gonna you know, have a huge game, probably a couple this year. He's that good. You know, he's going to produce yeah. and he's, will probably end up becoming receiver number one, but it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. I mean, Marquise has been really good for sure, but you know, he had that drop pass in the end zone, uh, last week and it's just plays like that where they're just constantly reminded of that they need another weapon on the outside. And, uh, I think Bateman can fill that role. So I think, uh, you know, strong flex consideration moving forward. Uh, next on the list here, Donovan Peoples-Jones, a guy we've been bringing up uh, quite a bit on the show, actually. Every single episode, it so seems like. If you've been listening and, and you listen to us, uh, which, you know, probably hard to believe, but at this point you would have been proven right, or we would have been proven right, given the game he had last week. And now he's a top waiver wire ad this week across all leagues, probably. So hopefully you got him last week. But yeah, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, five targets, four receptions, 101 yards, two tuts. Yeah, I mean, since Jarvis Lander went down, like he was the one guy that, I mean, I, me and Trey were really hyping him up. He, you know, slow, he was a little slow coming out the gates, but he finally showed up this last weekend. Um, OBJ is probably still going to play this week, so he's not going to become receiver number one. But I think he showed enough last week to show that he should be at least rostered in all leagues. You might not want to necessarily start him this week, um, but he should be rostered for sure because he's he's going to continue to grow. 7% of leagues on sleeper right now, so widely available. Yeah, I mean, obviously waivers haven't gone through yet, so I'm curious what it's going to be like at the end of this week. He's got to be on top of like the trending players right now on the sleeper app. I haven't really looked at it. But, I mean, can we say bye-bye, OBJ, hello, DPJ? DPJ. <laughs> Obviously, that's like an overreaction, but... Um, I mean, one of those touchdowns did come on a deep Hail Mary. That's like know. literally what I was about to say. But... Yeah. And, and yeah, and what Still, was, he made the play, so that's earning trust, right? I mean, he definitely showed what he can do. We, we've been waiting for this the whole time. Even just take out the Hail Mary play and just keep him, give him the one touchdown and, like, the four yeah. catches, right? Um that's what we've been waiting to see because we knew that that was available for him like all year, even like with just, um, when, when just Landry was out. So, I mean, at a quick glance, this guy's looking like one of the best guys to pick up on the waivers period this week. Yep. Uh, they got Denver, Pitt, Cincinnati, New England next four weeks, you know, with all the receivers out on by this week, he's definitely worthy of a flex, um, because people are going to be hurting for starters. For sure, and like the last two games, which are really his, the ones he's had the chance to you know step up, he's got eleven targets and nine catches. So I mean, the ball's on him; he's not dropping it. So you know the opportunity's there. Uh, he's definitely one of my you know favorite waiver wire pickups, regardless of position this week. Just to cool it down a little bit, though, they are playing Denver, then Pittsburgh, then Cincinnati. Not necessarily like all in the same category as being like a great defense, but all of them are getting after the quarterback really well, which affects the passing game. So that might kind of bring him down a little bit, but he still is looking good. Yep. Uh, T.Y. Hilton next on the list, probably, you know, mostly rostered, but um, was kind of a hot name last week because he was coming back against Houston. Um, But, and we all know what he does against Houston. That's why he was hyped up so much last week. But, Still available out there, and and um, if he's healthy, he could be a nice uh, plug and play for some guys you have out on bye. Uh, but he did leave the game last week in the second half with a quad injury. He's considered day to day right now, so that's something you're going to want to keep an eye on throughout the day Tuesday. If we get any updates on Ty Hilton, because um, that'll obviously affect what you want to do waiver wise and how much you'd want to spend on him. Uh, but when he was in, he was good. Four targets, four receptions, 80 yards. 
Um, he averaged six targets a game last year when he was healthy. Um, so I think if he's healthy and available, he's definitely worth um, an add and maybe some fab. For sure. I mean, he clearly already has a pretty good connection going on there with uh, Carson Wentz. The one thing I am concerned about, not about T.Y., but his teammate Michael Pittman, the first game T.Y. Hilton's back, Michael Pittman had three targets. Like, such a drop-off from, from what we've seen. I mean, he was going 12, 12 targets, 12 targets, 8, and then 7, and then just three the last week, his lowest amount on the season. That's worrisome if I'm a Michael Pittman owner. You totally beat me to it. That's exactly what I was going to say. As a Michael Pittman manager and like a huge fan of him, particularly in fantasy this year, Really bummed to see that T.Y. Hilton's back, and he had four targets, four catches, 80 yards on 50% of the snaps. Didn't even play the whole game. So it's definitely uh, discouraging. But, you know, as T.Y. Hilton goes, uh, maybe borderline flex. Yeah, for sure. For this week, because you don't know what's going to happen. The quad injury sounds like he'll probably be okay to go. Calm day to day. That's generally a pretty good sign. But quad injuries are super easy to re-aggravate, and he could do that on one cut in practice. So definitely keep an eye on it. Um, and it's not the – who are they playing again this week? The Niners. Not the greatest of matchups. But then after that, they play Tennessee, the Jets, and Jacksonville. So those are three juicy matchups for uh, receivers. Yeah. So, I mean, if there is a week to pick him up. This week, I wouldn't start him, but definitely pick him up if he's available. Uh, moving on here, Marquez Callaway, uh, is, was, was uh, I'm just whispering under my breath, God damn T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already giving up on Michael Pittman and this guy's just going to come out of the, crawl out of the grave. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if, if he can stay healthy, but, uh, Marquez Callaway anyway, uh, rostered in 44% of leagues. Now this is again, um, Michael Thomas is supposed to be back this week and this team is hurting for, um, you know, a solid wide receiver one. Um, Marquez Callaway has been trying to fill the role, but it's just, it's not Michael Thomas. So um, I would hesitate to spend a whole lot on this guy. He might already be rostered in most of your leagues. Um, Well, before you like really settle into your take on this guy, well, the matchups I mean, are good the next four weeks is what I'm kind of looking at. Well, I feel like we need to decide on like which news source we're believing right now because Ian Rappaport nine hours ago is saying that Michael Thomas is a couple of weeks out still. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's just right. eligible to come so, off the PUP list this week, but they don't expect him to play for another couple of weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, see, and that's why, I was, um, that's why we'll bring out Traquan Smith a little bit later just because Michael Thomas is still assume i mean obviously this is ian rapaport saying this but he's credible and um yeah apparently a couple weeks until michael thomas will come back so i mean what do you think now of marquez calloway well he's definitely you know without michael thomas in town he's definitely uh definitely worth a flex and you know a plug and play this week with all the receivers that are out so yeah if you if you need a receiver i'd definitely definitely target calloway this week I mean, next, yeah, we Seattle this week, Atlanta next week. That's a pretty good slate of a, a couple Tampa games. Tampa Bay there. and then Tennessee. Those are both good matchups against receivers. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, really four in a row. But then like Tampa Bay, right? If we're just let's just say Michael Thomas missed the next two weeks, he comes back against Tampa Bay. Yeah. So we're talking about like these next two matchups at least get this guy off the waiver wire. Um, Marquez slides back into wide receiver one, right? When he's healthy. Yeah, for with Michael sure. Thomas out. I would say in more competitive leagues, he's already probably gone. So the question becomes, is Traycon Smith, you know, in these next couple of weeks worth a flex? Because he's the guy that you're more likely able to go out and get right now versus Callaway. Like, I know in my, all my leagues, Callaway is gone. So, <laughs> I mean, should we just dive into Traquan or what? Yeah. Do you have something to say about Marquez, Tyler? I oh, mean, no. I mean, the matchups are great. Uh, yeah, it's. A little tough with Jameis. Um, it, you know, Cowboy's been a little hit or miss this week or this year so far, but he's still the number one receiver. And you know, those four matchups in a row, even if he ends up be like dropping, you know, f- to the number two receiver, he's probably still a decent, you know, flex play. So I mean, I'm certainly rolling with him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's other guys out there you'd probably be more willing to start over Traquan, like definitely Donovan People Jones, right? And 
you know, Rashad Bateman and T.Y. Hilton, some of the guys we already talked about, maybe even some of the guys we're about to talk about, but he's worth a look. Only owned in 13% of leagues on Sleeper. Honestly, my whole thing with Traquan is, like, you start him on the weeks that Jameis is going to throw for 300 yards and a couple touchdowns plus, but you might accidentally start him on one of those weeks when Jameis throws for 120 yards and no touchdowns. And, I mean, and no wide receiver is going to produce in that with that output. So you really um it's just gonna put you in a tough position. You gotta be a ballsy man to play Traquan next couple of weeks until until Jameis is consistent, right? Yeah, I mean the only thing that really worries me is is that it's a hamstring injury and it's been lingering and he's just coming back off IR. So, you know, how much will he really be involved? He might be on a snap count, he might you know, they might ease him back in. So that's what worries me. Um but if he's a hundred percent then I think you can. I might be incorrect on this, but I'm pretty sure the whole Traquan Smith going on IR thing is because, like, obviously the lingering hamstring issue, but, like, that was already bothering him throughout the offseason, and they were just like, we're not even going to push it. We're just going to push you on, put you on IR, let you get right, and then we'll bring you back when you're right. And I, I assume if they're bringing him back, that means he's getting right. Yeah. All righty, uh, let's move on here to Amon Ra St. Brown. He's another guy that's probably more so owned in, uh, you know, leagues that are really competitive, but 52% of leagues he's owned in right now in Sleeper. Um, he was a hot name last week on the waivers. He didn't have a great game last week, though, and this is why I kind of wanted to bring him up. People might be dropping him this week if they're deep at receiver. They don't need someone for you know all the buys it's possible that people drop him and i still think he's a must add uh because the targets and opportunity is there i completely agree with that i mean he's still the number one target outside of hawkinson for the receiver position there he's definitely still getting the most targets and he actually also had his highest snap count of the season this last game so the yardage wasn't there but he had five catches seven attempts or seven targets five catches that's pretty and it's been consistent all for the last three weeks Yards just happened to be low this week. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, he's still definitely a guy I'm trying to to pick up. Yeah, it was a tough tough day for the Lions offense as a whole. Tough career for Jared Goff, <laughs> and a tough year for his receivers, no doubt. And that's why I I like that he's like the number one target on the Lions right now. But I just do not like Jared Goff at all. I mean, this guy could literally have like 12 targets in a game and. He might put up like one of those Jalen Waddle games from a couple of weeks ago, you know, get 10 catches in like 45 yards or whatever yeah. with the way that Jared Goff's throwing the ball. So, uh, man, this is a tough week, honestly. With these bye weeks and like the way these receivers are right now, it's definitely a tough week for receivers. I'm not liking anybody so far besides Peoples Jones. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, St. Brown's still worthy of a flex for sure this week uh, if you need one. Um but uh, moving on to our next guy here, K.J. Osborne had a nice game last week. Um, I was forced into putting him into one of my flex uh, positions in a deep uh, deep league just because of injuries and buys and all that. Uh, but he finished the day with seven targets, six receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he's definitely still considered more of a deeper flex option at this point. But he's going to have some of these games where he flashes. Um, you know, that touchdown did come in overtime on the last play of the game, but it was a really nice play that he made. Um, and I think those are the type of things that's just going to earn more and more trust. He's looked good when he's been on the field and, and been given chances. So Jeff- Jefferson and Thielen, they're going to dominate the targets, of course. Uh, but if one of them goes down, especially, I mean, Osborne would be the number one waiver wire ad for that week. So get him while he's still widely available. Yeah, I feel like he answered me specifically this week because I literally said last week on our matchups, like, what the hell happened to KJ Osborne? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, don't worry. I'm still here. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's going to disappear just because they're going to get Jefferson and Thielen involved. But Thielen's older. He, they were both dealing with injuries last week, also coming into that game. And yeah, so. Osborne put up some numbers. Yeah, I mean, so I think he's uh, one of those guys, like, he should be rostered. I can't believe he's only rostered in fifteen percent of leagues. Cause like, yeah, it's crazy. The first after the first two weeks, he was by far the number one waiver wire guy, and I can't believe that many people dropped him again. Like, there's so much potential for him. 
he's a like I've had him on on uh, my roster benched for like five straight weeks. Don't care. I want to keep him there because yeah. like I don't want to drop him because I know of, if especially if one guy goes down, my God, he immediately becomes like a top fifteen, top twenty play week in and week out. Yeah, yeah. That's that's I think on this list like he has the most. Well, Rashad Bateman also to you know the most breakout potential or ceiling but as far as like physically gifted and like on the field like the tape kj osborne stands out you know amongst the rest i well kj is like third on their offense probably right and like yeah, he is. In, yeah in target and target share there's tyler I, conklin too at tight end but well, that's what i'm saying he doesn't have a mark andrews to deal with you know so yeah i, I put him right. above bateman for sure Other, more mouths to feed on the ravens yeah, so uh good ad there, more of a prospective ad or, you know, a future play, but um definitely go get him. Uh Quez Watkins is the next guy on the list. He's kind of made the list because it looks like he has taken the role of wide receiver 2 away from Rager um at this point. Uh Watkins had 5 targets, 3 receptions for 44 yards while Rager had 3 targets, 0 catches. Um, so this is also one of those guys that I think you should add this week because in the next coming weeks, I think he could really solidify himself as that wide receiver too. And then it's just going to cost you more and more to put him on your team. So go get him now while he's only rostered in 6% of leagues and don't pay a dime. You might have to pay a little bit this week actually because he's, you know, this was the, another week where he kind of, Took a step ahead of Rager, so. Yeah, and with, like, all the people on bye week, it's going to be really active in your waiver yeah. wire. If it hasn't been in your league, this this week's going to be active. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Hurts targets the tight end so much. I mean, Zach Ertz had a big game, got it traded the next day. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, they're finally like, he had one game. Let's get rid of him. Um, and he just he targets the tight end so often. I mean, Devontae Smith, who's by far the number one receiving option on the team, had f- four targets. Yeah. So. I mean, the offense as a whole has been pretty bad, you know, for yeah. real. Like, obviously, Jalen Hurts is producing for fantasy, but he might not be an NFL quarterback for too much longer at this rate because real football-wise, he's not right. playing well. Right. So, if you're in a dynasty league, maybe trade Jalen Hurts while yeah. you can. Actually, Nick Sirianni, the head coach of Philly and the offensive play caller, was asked why he's like so against running the ball because he seems to like avoid it like it's the plague. Um, and he goes, "We really want to make sure that no, that uh, no passing or running game gets gets more than seventy five percent of the play calls." And we're sitting right at like seventy four point six. Like what the like, dude? What kind of a bat? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Seventy five percent of your plays are passes. That's not good offense. Yeah, and you're winning how many games? Like <laughs> uh, a couple. But he literally came out and said that he goes, once you get to 75%, that's when defenses really start to key on it. Does this guy, like, I know you're a first-time head coach, dude, but, like, have you, do you watch football? Do you understand football? Because, like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've heard in a long time. It's pretty weird because, like, on a few runs, too, like, they looked pretty decent last week. Like, they were opening holes for Miles Sanders, and they just, they just quit Sanders going. is actually averaging like five yards a carry this year. Yeah. It's like, give him the damn ball. Makes no sense, but uh, Quez Watkins, probably worth a look at this point. Um, Nico Collins, another guy that's uh, a rookie, um, drafted in the third round out of Michigan State, but he's returning from IR this week and kind of came in and became an instant spark plug for this really struggling Houston offense. Showed a little bit of chemistry with Mills. Had six targets, four receptions for 44 yards. So this is another guy that might solidify himself as that wide receiver too. Brandon Cook is obviously the wide receiver one and still the only guy worth starting at this point. But Nico Collins could get some targets, some love. So um, I think he's worth a speculative ad at this point. I like since he's a rookie too, you know, I mean, you're not quite sure what he's going to do in the NFL. And Obviously has a little bit of rapport with Mills already, so I mean, anytime someone like can be the wide receiver too, and like has potential too, like like Quez, like we were just talking about, if you have room, might as well add him. You never know what could happen. 
Yep. And that's why we want to give you some of these names before they become expensive or the top guys like Donovan People Jones now. Um, that's what we were telling you about him a couple weeks ago. Uh, Cleef Raymond, another guy owned in 8% of leagues. He, for the Detroit Lions, if you're wondering who I'm talking about, <laughs> he's a wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, uh, seven targets, six receptions, 37 yards last week. Tyrell and Cephas are still out. Tyrell out for a while, I believe, right? Cephas on IR. Um, so it's Amon St. Uh, Ra St. Brown. Hawkinson and then basically Khalif, you know. Tyrell is apparently a couple weeks from coming back, but yeah, he's still a couple weeks out. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. He he got a concussion in week one. I mean, and this will be like six straight weeks he's missed. <laughs> that's that's pretty crazy. That's like that Luke Kuechly disease. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, moving on here to the running back position. Uh, let's start her off with Chris Evans. This is definitely more of a deep, you know, dynasty play because Samaj P. Ryan's supposed to be returning this week after his stint with COVID. Uh, but Chris Evans rostered in only seven percent of leagues. He has some nice receiving appeal. He's looked good in the receiving game when given the chances. If you know Mixon goes down or Samaj, um, you never know. So he he's the point is is he's produced when given some you know, very few opportunities. Um, so he's worth an ad before, you know, um, everyone's paying crazy amount of fab to get him. Yeah. I mean, uh, kind of like you were saying, he, he's really only valuable if Samaje is not playing and he did get a touchdown last week, like three catches, 49 yards and a touchdown. Like you were saying, he uh, definitely offers like receiving upside, but this is really one like, um, him and Samaje are kind of like interchangeable at this point, I think. Um, whoever won, whichever one's getting the snaps, you know what um what their ceiling's gonna be. Yeah, I think Chris Evans, you know, obviously as a rookie and has the highest ceiling. Like if you're in a dynasty league trying to figure out which guy to pick up, probably take Chris Evans just for the future aspect. Uh, but moving on here to our next running back, this one's kind of a duo. I mean, J.D. McKissick and Jarrett Patterson, just because. Antonio Gibson might be missing next week uh, with that shin injury. Might He's been dealing with it for the last three weeks. He's played, but last week it got the better of him. Um, and it looks like he's – they're really – the reports coming out are kind of just saying that he might just need some rest a week off. J.D. McKissick, 54% of leagues he's uh, owned in right now. Jarrett Patterson, though, only 4% of leagues. I think if Gibson leads or doesn't play, uh, it's really going to be a split backfield with Jarrett Patterson taking on more of the rushing opportunities while J.D.'s obviously the primary uh, receiving option. Last week he led the team in targets with 10, actually. I mean, so you guys would honestly know more about these running backs than I would. So we we just think Jarrett Patterson's going to get the groundwork and McKissick's obviously just going to rule the receiving game. If Gibson is out. Yeah, I mean, Jarrett would kind of take the Antonio Gibson role and uh, and J.D. McKissick would probably just do what he can, has been continuing to do, maybe have another big game, you know, in targets next week. But chances are J.D. is taken in your league. So Jarrett's really the only one that's out there that's really available. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, J.D. McKissick um, – was he was he a starter of the week for you, Tyler, or were you just really high on him? I know you said you were starting him in like your flex last week, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he was with the matchup. He was a borderline flex, or he was a decent flex play. Uh, I figured he'd get a lot of looks, and you know he produced. He had 15 points, so you know that's always good. Honestly, if McKissick is available, pick him up. Um, I think he should be rostered in every league. It's crazy he's only rostered about half of leagues. Uh, I'm gonna fade Patterson though. I mean, I understand even with the injury to Gibson last week, he had one rushing attempt. I'm just, I'm not going to bang yeah, on Gip- that. Gibson was in and out of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- I think the only way you're actually starting Jarrett Patterson is if uh, you're the Antonio Gibson manager and you don't have a replacement. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, and that could happen because like, running backs are tough. You know, the depth of running backs is super thin. Uh, thin. 
but I think you'd be better off trying to go pick up somebody like just a backup that gets just more play. Honestly, I'm not. Sh- I mean, you if you have to roll a dice, roll it. But I'm trying to roll them elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I hear that for sure. I got a different quarter to roll my dice on. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, this next guy is probably going to be a pretty hot commodity, depending on what happens to Chubb. But Dearness Johnson. Uh, right now rostered in 16% of leagues. Um, they're on a short week. They're playing Thursday night. Chubb is likely out again. Obviously hunt is going to be out for multiple weeks. Um, but Stefanski did say today that he's not ruling out Nick Chubb yet from playing in Thursday. He said he's progressing. Uh, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I think chances are he's probably not going to play. Oh, my, my gut feeling, honestly, is like this. Kind of like you were saying, this is probably one of the best pickups of the week, which is kind of ironic. I was saying the same thing about Peoples-Jones, another Browns player. But because it's a short week and Chubb is injured, I mean, even if Chubb is playing and they like he's in the game, he's obviously not going to be 100% because of this short week. And Darius Johnson is the guy who's going to take over running the ball, and the Browns are the best running team in the league. And when you're running the football, a lot of that is the offensive line. And all you got to really do is just hold on to the goddamn thing and run. Right. So, I mean, that's really all he's got to do. So I feel like things are looking really good for him this week, especially because it's a short week. I completely agree, actually. Um, I mean, the Browns have had two top 10 running backs up to this point in the year, but, you know, up to the injuries happened. Right. They had two top 10 running backs in fantasy football. That's very, that's extremely rare. I don't see them going away from a two running back system, even with the injuries. So the Ernest Johnson should be picked up in basically every league. Uh, if, especially if you had to want Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, like Jesus, like how could you not go after this guy? Um, I'd be spending a huge amount of fab on him. Even though, even if he only is good for a couple, for a few weeks while the injuries, you know, they, they heal from those, he's still worth a large amount of fab. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of, do Demetric? Demetric. Do, do we spell Demetric. that right? Demetric system. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Demetric. This uh, is America. <laughs> I was like, that threw me off. Uh, Felton, and anyways, he's... Um, so basically we're saying, you know, you'd be okay with starting either one of these guys if Nick Chubb is out next week for sure on Thursday. I'm not saying that about Felton, no. You don't think... You know, him being more of the receiving type, he's worthy of the start next week if Chubb's out. Basically taking the Kareem Hunt role. See, that's what you would think. Honestly, I think someone else is going to fill in that role since he's not a typical ball carrier. And he'll fill on in the receiving end, but Denver's one of the best teams against the passing game, so I think it's just really going to limit him. And honestly, there's a guy sitting behind both of these guys that's going to get carries on Thursday that were. Honestly, I don't even know what his name is, but it's, I guarantee you he's gonna end the game with Ghost more. He's gonna end the game with more carries than Demetri Felton, though. I can just see it playing out like everything in my fantasy bones just telling me, okay, this pass catching running back is being elevated to the second spot, but his body's not really like meant for it. His coaches know this. Why would they do it? There's probably someone behind him with like a bigger body that they're gonna try to run the ball with. That's my gut feeling. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart after them, and, like, I've never heard of any of these guys. Uh, like, according to the depth chart, there's a Yan- Andy Janovich, which sounds like a fullback. He's on IR right now. Oh, yeah. see? Okay, that's that's how much I don't know about this, the rest of this backfield. Yeah, see, I tried to look behind him to see who's behind <laughs> them. It's going to be like a practice squad guy or something like that. I guarantee you, man. I, I, I understand this kind of sounds ridiculous, but... We'll we'll just check back in on this next Monday because I'm telling you it's going to be some third running back entering the picture that's taking away that the four or five carries that are going to be given out to Demetric Felton. Um, I don't know, man. If Chubb's out, I'm my I, I would actually roll the dice on it. Like I said, I think they they'll stick with a two running back system. Um, I don't see why they would go away from. Demetric Felton in this case I mean if he's already if he's at that point on the depth chart why would they change it I mean I understand like the body size thing but I mean there's a bunch of small running backs that do well in the NFL JD McKissick being one of them that we just talked about so I don't know man I'm rolling with him yeah I think you know Dernest is the obvious start Demetric uh, Felton 
Um, I think he's worthy of like a deep flex play just because of the receiving potential, but only if Nick Chubb is out for sure. Um, if Nick Chubb is playing, then you got to rethink everything. So keep an eye on that throughout Tuesday to see if we get any other reports on Nick Chubb, and that might give you a better idea of how much you should really go after Dearness Johnson or Felton. Uh, but moving on to our next running back here, Devonta Freeman. He's really only relevant right now because of the injury to Latavius Murray um, and really only worthy of a start or a flex if Latavius Murray's not playing. Uh, but that's that's a big if. So, um, But he's worthy of looking at because the running back position is so thin right now. Well, I was curious if you guys thought maybe Le'Veon Bell is like, how do you even say, if he's a better pickup than Devontae Freeman? Bell had more touches last week, I'm pretty sure. Uh, He actually had just one less carry. They almost split nine nine for Freeman, eight for Bell. Oh, okay. Um, They both scored touchdowns. Freeman had the more yardage. Yeah. Um. Honestly, it's hard to say. This was basically the uh, only the second time Le'Veon Bell's had any work this year on the field. So I would lean towards Freeman just because they seem to you know favor him a little more. But it's tough. I mean, Le'Veon Bell is a good enough running back. I mean, he still shows those flashes, flashes mm-hmm. of um of doing good things. So it's it's dicey. I think though, with the type of running offense that. Baltimore runs, I would lean towards Freeman. I think it suits his style better. Yeah. I think the only one you can even probably consider starting is Freeman. Um, but even then, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm looking elsewhere unless, you know, and that's really only if Davis Murray's hurt and not playing. So um but he's a deep, deep play. Uh Rashad Penny could be relevant if uh Alex Collins isn't good to go um he's returning from IR this week Rashad Penny and he is rostered in 14% of leagues right now I don't have a good feeling about picking up Rashad Penny to play him though <laughs> really at all um if Collins can't play the, well given the history just I don't know I I would hate to have to rely on Rashad Penny to but- I mean, if Collins is out, he goes into RB1. He's coming off of IR, and Pete Carroll is set, and he's like, he's ready to go. Yeah. So it looks pretty good for him I, in my eyes. I'm curious what, what Tyler thinks, like our local Seahawks fan. Like, is, is Rashad Penny, would he be the man if Alex Collins is out? Like, he like, would he be the man and produce? Um, He'd definitely be the guy. I you know actually I don't think he'd actually really gotten to think about this more. Um, I think he'd actually yeah. end up splitting carries with DJ Dallas. Yeah, you have DJ Dallas, and they've been getting Homer involved too. Yeah, Homer a little bit. Uh, Homer seems to be more of a special teams play this year than anything. Um, but honestly, I wouldn't want to start any of them. Um, I know the matchups or the bye weeks are hard, but this is a hell of a matchup. Like New Orleans is stout against the running against running back. So yeah, I mean, the only I, one I would want to start is Alex Collins, right? You know, yeah, I, I'm I'm praying that Alex Collins is is gonna play in this game, um, and I'd be willing to start him. But outside of that, it's I I'd pivot. Yeah, well, let's say long term, uh, Carson's neck is bothering him. Do you think Penny would ever start over Collins? No, no, I don't think he'll start. He could eat. In, I mean, they like they like Penny enough. They continue to try to give him carries. Um. And he's shown to be decent when he does get a chance to, you know, get carries. The issue is he's never freaking healthy, ever. Yeah, I mean, he's had quite a few opportunities over the last, what, three years? Yeah, uh, this is his fourth year, So, and he's been hurt up until basically this game. Um, he's had a couple games where he looked really, really good when he actually got the chance to produce, but again, he's never healthy, so he never gets a chance to produce. Yeah, Collins is really, like, I mean, they really like Collins a lot, too. They like Rashad Penny, too, but they love Collins. And Collins is the closest thing to Chris Carson they have on that team by a long shot, I think. Um, But, you know, if, hey, if you're the Carson manager and you picked up Collins and now Collins might not play Rashad Penny, worth a look if you are struggling for someone to play. 
Uh, moving on, though, to our next back, Ramondre Stevenson. He is rostered in 24% of leagues right now. This is more so a long-term ad because he's becoming more involved slowly in the New, or- uh, New England backfield and scored his first touchdown this week. And he's playing the Jets next week. Um, who are giving up 24 points per game to running backs. But again, for me, this is more of a long-term ad. I think, you know, Damian Harris is still the RB1, obviously. Um, but Stevenson did lead, lead the team in targets last week. Um, so maybe more of a role there developing for Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He got all those targets. He um, Was that touchdown that he got? That was a goal line carry, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he took away Brandon Bolden's targets, which makes Brandon Bolden a non-factor if he continues to do that. And then he got the goal line touch, which who knows if that will repeat itself. But if that repeats itself, I think, honestly, he's worthy of starting this week against the Jets because you know the Patriots are going to be in the red zone against the Jets multiple times, which gives him multiple opportunities if that's if that's who they're going to be using as their goal line back because he is a big guy and he was like a preseason favorite. So um, I do like him as a long-term ad, but this week, too, he definitely has some potential. Yep. You meant he led the running backs in targets, right? Not the team. No, yeah, the running backs. Okay. I was like, I'm looking, I'm like, he had three targets. I swear to God, that led yeah. the entire team. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good matchup, but yeah, he seems to kept, kind of be taking over the James White role, which... Yep. Which, but even then, like, that was the Brandon Bolden role. They, and gave, then... they, gave, <laughs> they gave Bolden a shot. They gave J.J. Taylor a little shot, and they both have just been, yeah. Meh. So I think, I think there could be a role developing for Stevenson. New year, same situation in the New England backfield. Yeah. I mean, at least Harris actually does seem to be, like, for sure the number one running back there. Um, at least yeah. he's relatively consistent, but week in, week out, man, like, Harris Harris is probably I mean obviously Harris is rostered in like every league but um Stevenson because of the matchup if you're you know in a pinch yeah yeah you could throw him in your flex Alrighty, let's move on to the tight ends here just a few for you to take a look at this first one's probably more obvious than not but Ricky Seals Jones um you know was kind of also a hot name last week uh with Logan Thomas being out uh, finished as the tight end six this week. Um, if he isn't gone already in your league, I think, and you need a tight end, he, you should definitely prioritize picking up Ricky Seals Jones for sure. Um, especially since he's facing uh, a banged up Packers secondary next week could really benefit from that. It feels like they're surging for that, you know, second target behind, uh, Terry McLaurin in the passing game and they're getting a little bit of work out of, you know, guys here and there, but Ricky Seals Jones has looked good. He's still only rostered in 39% of leagues on sleeper somehow. Um, you know, and this team's likely to be playing from behind, uh, against the Packers. And this just kind of feels like a victory lap talking about him. <laughs> oh, we were all high on him. Yep. We all knew this was coming and for whatever We'll see the numbers once waivers go through. There's no way that his roster number is going to stay the same. Like, um, he had 13.8 points last week. He's just an obvious pickup at this point. He's playing 100% of the snaps. Like we said last week, he's Logan Thomas 2.0. He literally is just filling in the exact role um, the guy above him was doing. And so he just becomes another tight end one. For sure. I mean, I think he should, honestly, if, unless you have like one of the, the top guys, he should be a must start. Yeah. Not even like I can't believe he's only at thirty nine percent. I mean, we were really high on him last week, as you, as Trey said, hundred percent of snaps the last two weeks, and ninety three percent the week before because that's when you know right when Logan Thomas went down. But even then, he's had nineteen targets in the three games he's played the majority of the game. That's you know six targets a game. That's great opportunity for a tight end. If yeah. he's not if he's not rostered in your league. He'd be probably he might be my number one pickup because like Logan Thomas is actually gonna be out for a while here still. Right. Yeah, he's an absolute must add, must start at this point. Uh, Gerald Everett, twenty two percent of leagues he's rostered in right now. Obviously, the passing game will probably continue to struggle in Seattle with Geno Smith, um, at the helm. But Gerald Everett, you know, had a decent week last week. Made a big play on a forty one yard touchdown. 
Um, just hasn't got the usage that you like to see, but it could be coming with a backup quarterback who's you know looking for those easy big body receivers uh, to make some easy completions. So I think Gerald Everett's worth uh, picking back up at this point. DK's a pretty large body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's definitely not the only large uh, body out there, but. I mean, I would think I thought that you see more Geno passing to tight ends this weekend. It didn't happen. Uh, Joe Everett only had three targets, so yeah. don't love that. And his forty-one yard reception, he's ended up with forty yards receiving because he had a negative one yard reception on his <laughs> other catch. So, yeah. um, I, I think it's mostly just this offense. Uh, the Seahawks are the only team in the NFL that have two receivers commanding more than twenty-five percent of target shares. Um, that basically the passing game offense is DK and Tyler Lockett. Yep. And I don't want any other part of the passing game. I see where you're going with that, but like you said earlier, the, the Saints, one of the most stout run defenses in the league, that's who they're going up against this week. Like we were talking about earlier, Alex Collins might be banged up. So then like you might have a backup backup running back against one of the best run defenses in the league. So it's kind of like Seattle has to pass the ball to beat the Saints. So I think that it does kind of put him into that area where he's going to get more looks than usual. So, I mean, obviously DK and Lockett are taking a lot of the target share, but there's going to be a lot of targets to be had, I think. Yeah, he's in that streamable territory for me. Um, But moving on here, Cole Komet, our last tight end on the list, he's rostered in 18% of leagues right now, Uh, had five targets last week, four receptions for 49 yards. Um, He's playing Tampa Bay next week. Obviously, a team that um, has dominated against the run, but not great against the pass. And the Bears seem like they're starting to let Justin Fields throw the ball around a little bit more. He had 27 attempts last week, which was a season high. So I think, uh, you know, with the with the targets and the matchup, Cole Commit is uh, worthy of thinking about for a stream at tight end next week. Yeah, I put him right in that same area. He was like Gerald Everett, someone who's going to see yeah. um, increased looks because of the situation going against really good run defenses and teams that have their backup running backs. Again, <laughs> kind of an interesting little trend there. But, um, yeah, I like, I like I, uh, Cole Komet a lot. I think you'd flex him. I got to flex him. I guess you'd stream him this week on the bye. Um, yeah, that'll probably do it for our tight ends. Let's, uh, throw a couple defenses to the people to target this week. Uh, Trey, who do you like? Uh, so obviously defenses are super hit or miss. Um, and it's, they're like, it's really hit or miss on like them being rostered. But this week I really like Arizona's defense against, uh, against the Houston Texans. And I, Really like the New England's defense against the Jets. I've literally been holding on to the Patriots' defense since week two because of this week. <laughs> the the Jet, I mean, the Patriots had 19 points. Their defense did against the Jets. Let me say that again. They, their defense had 19 fancy points against the Jets. I'll say that. And they've been kind of mediocre the rest of the year, but they're going up against the Jets. And you just got to start them at 10 plus points guaranteed. And Arizona is one of the best pass rushing defenses in the league. Davis Mills has been struggling like a mofo. Those guys are going to be all over him. So uh, turnovers galore in both of those games, I think. Yeah, a couple of good calls there and defenses to keep an eye on. Let's uh, let's close this thing out with a little bit of buy or sell. Uh, last week we had some buy or sells for you as well. Um, so we'll review those real quick. See how we did. Mike Williams was our first one for 18 or more fantasy points against the Ravens. Uh, Trey sold big Herbie bot and I sold. Um, so Tyler, you suck. <laughs> Mike Williams only finished with three fantasy points on the week. Yeah. Uh, Humphreys, who was basically shouted him. He's their best corner. Um, who doesn't normally shadow. He normally plays just one side of the field. Was shadowing him the entire game, and dude locked him up. I mean, it was super physical coverage. I'm really shocked. I mean, I didn't, maybe 18 was a little high to to buy for Ford, regardless, because it's 18 points for a receiver. But uh, definitely would never expect him to get the three. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, weird week. Um, 
tough one for Mike Williams. Uh, our next one was James Robinson, 20 or more fantasy points. We all bought this, and he finished with 17. Uh, so we all lost on that one. Uh, James Robinson, still, though, solid day um, for you. Stefan Diggs, we all bought for 15 or more fantasy points. He finished with, I think he finished with more than that, 17.2? No. Yeah, he did finish with 17.2. Is it not on your document there? No, it is. I thought he had more than that, but that's more than 15, so that's what we'll take. Uh, We all bought that, and he performed. Yeah, he ended with 19.4. In a half PPR league, to be precise on that. So Trey went two for three, Big Herb one for three, and I also went two for three. This week for buy or sell, we got five of them for you. Let's start it off here at the top with Cooper Cup. Will he be a top five wide receiver week seven against the Detroit Lions? Uh, Cooper Cup has finished in the top three, three out of the six weeks. Detroit right now is the eighth best defense against wide receivers, allowing 20 fantasy points per game to the position. Um, for me, I'll just start it off here. I'm going to buy it. Um, Debo had 26 points against the Lions in week one. Devonte had 16 in week two. Jefferson had 16, uh, in whatever week they played them. So although Detroit overall has been good against the receiver position right now, um, I think it's because teams can just run the ball all over them. Um, but I still think Cup has a big week. I'm going to buy it. I am going to sell it. I don't think he'll be top five. He'll definitely be top ten, though. There's so many bye weeks this week that he's just bound to be top ten. I just think that um, like th- those receivers did get put up a lot of points against the Lions, but like in those games, no other receivers are really getting points, if that makes sense. So um, if it's well, not... I would say, you know, Cooper Cup's their wide receiver one, right? Oh, yeah, he is, yeah, but... I'm going to sell it. <laughs> but, I mean, outside of Minnesota, the other two teams, you know, San Francisco and Green Bay, don't have a receiver number two, really. Yeah, true. So I'm also selling because um, Robert Woods is starting to come back on. Um, you know, it took him a few weeks to, to figure things out, but he's starting to come back. But honestly, as bad as Detroit is against the pass, they're worse against the rush. Um, so I think this is going to end up being more, they're going to get out to a big lead and it's going to be just running the ball almost the entire second half. All righty. Well, uh, we'll see. I guess I'll take a nice little lead against you guys here. Uh, Daryl Williams, will he finish as a top 12 back? Um, if we're talking about half PPR scoring against Tennessee in week seven, he finished as the running back 10, I believe this week. Um, let me double check that real quick. Man, this is like kind of an obscure one to me. I am lost. I'm going to answer a lot. Darryl last. Williams finished as uh, running back six this week with 22.4 fantasy points. Um, So you're selling, Trey? I don't know. I'm going to hear you guys first. <laughs> Um, I'm buying. I'm buying that he finishes top 12. Um, you have a lot of running backs that are out this week that are like, you know, top five guys almost every week in, week out. You have Zeke, uh, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler. You know, they're they're easy top 10 guys week in and week out. Um, with them gone, I think it just is that much easier for, for Williams to do that. Yeah, I think if there weren't all the buys, we'd probably be selling. But I'm in the same ball house. I'm also going to buy this. I think, even though Tennessee has been pretty good against running backs, they haven't been great against, you know, the receiving game. We could see a huge uh, game in the air for the Chiefs. I still think Daryl Williams gets enough work to finish in the top twelve. Okay, well, I've decided I'm outside of your ball house or whatever you called the <laughs> the house that you're in. Um. He did put up a great game, but it was like two touchdowns, 21 carries, 60 yards. So obviously those um, touchdowns, I, I feel like 
are obviously inflating his performance, and if he doesn't get those touchdowns, he's not going to be top 12, and I'm just going to sell it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, obviously the efficiency wasn't great, but the usage is just like, you know, if he gets 20-plus carries, there's a good chance he finishes in the top 12 um, again. Uh, moving on to our next buy or sell here, Daryl Henderson, 20-plus fantasy points in Week 7 against Detroit. Super buy. I mean, did you just hear my argument about Cooper Cup? Yeah. The same applies for Daryl Henderson, just in the opposite way. I'm buying. Yeah, I, I'm i going to have to agree and also buy that one. Detroit is the worst in the league against running backs. Um, He's the workhorse. I think it's safe to say he's got a good shot at 20-plus again this week. Interesting little tidbit here. Just stop it. Pop in my head real quick. Daryl Henderson, um, not that matters much this year, but with Cam Akers coming back next year, do you think you're gonna, we're going to see more of a 50-50 split between those two guys next year? Yeah, I, I've been thinking about that a lot in Dynasty, you know, thinking about Dynasty leagues, and it's like, because I've thought about trading for Daryl Henderson, but then it's like, what happens next year when Cam Akers comes back? I don't know, man, because obviously Daryl Henderson is earning a role at, at the very least, right? Um it's going to be tough to call. It's probably going to be a committee. I, I imagine they have to get both of these guys involved in some way or another. I feel like Henderson kind of reminds me of Mark Ingram um, during his time, but like on the way to the Saint or on the way to the Ravens, someone who was like producing a lot and wasn't getting like RB one touches because of Alvin Kamara being there. Yeah. Well, then he goes okay. to the Ravens, right? And finally, kind of gets that RB one in a way when the first year that he's there and puts it up, puts up the numbers. And so what I'm getting at is, is like I at this time I'm buying in on the guys who are like consistent and have proven to me that they will like be there and be productive, if that makes sense. So it, it still puts Henderson above him for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, moving on here to our next buy or sell, Leonard Fournette, 17 plus fantasy points week seven against the Chicago bears. You buying or selling? (laughs) Man, I am going to sell it. I think the bears are going to surprisingly, um, their defense is going to be a little more hampering than you would think on Tom Brady. Still have a really good pass rush. So I don't think like um, like you would really immediately think like oh the game script is going to favor them running the ball because they're going to be winning the whole time. I don't think it really will be like that. I don't think the uh, Tampa Bay is going to have a huge lead at any point in this game. So um, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to have to buy it um, at this point. I think uh, he's just getting so much work. Like he's obviously the featured back now. Uh, there's been rumors that you know teams are shopping for Ronald Jones in a trade. Um, and Leonard Fournette's really just—he's getting so much passing work, like six targets, six receptions last week for 46 yards. He had two touchdowns on the ground for 20 with 22 rushing attempts. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna buy. I think you know the usage continues, and for a player getting that's that involved in an offense, 17 points isn't that hard of a a line to reach. So I'm going to buy it. This one's really tough, honestly. Um, Both your arguments make sense, and I'm literally like back and forth. Like I'm playing Pong in my head, like which one (laughs) makes more sense to me. And I'm going to lean towards selling. Um, And honestly, there's nothing more I can say on that than just a gut feeling. (laughs) Hey, sometimes you got to roll with your gut. In fantasy football, um, our last buy or sell here for the show. Uh, will Lamar Jackson have eighteen plus fantasy points? Uh, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in Week Seven. Looks like Cincinnati's the fifth best defense against quarterbacks so far through the uh, year, only allowing sixteen point six fantasy points per game. And obviously, Lamar Jackson didn't have a great game uh, last week after his incredible game on Monday Night Football. Last week, only finished with 13.7 fantasy points. 
Uh, so which way are you guys leaning? I'm going to buy it. You know, AFC North matchup. Uh, these games tend to have more points than uh, like Ravens Steelers games do, if that makes sense. Like Ravens Bengals games tend to have a lot more points scored. And I think it's just going to give him opportunity to score more points, even if he is playing bad. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the buy side as well. I, uh, you know, Lamar's uh, had 18 or more in four out of the last six weeks. Um, and divisional game, you know, big game for them. Um, Lamar's just different. I know Cincinnati's been decent against quarterbacks or, you know, really good against quarterbacks so far. Uh, but Lamar's just different. Um, if the passing game is there, you know, he gets those yards on the run, runs one or two in. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you can safely say Lamar Jackson goes over 18 this week. Yeah, uh, I'm going to buy for sure. Cincinnati, even though they're number five, look at the quarterbacks they've played this year so far. They've played uh, Kirk Cousins. Okay, decent, right? They've played a combined mixture of Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. <laughs> they've played uh, Ben Roethlisberger when Ben Roethlisberger looked like he was dying. Uh, they played Trevor Lawrence, who's a rookie. They played Aaron Rodgers. Hey, there's a finally good quarterback. And then they played Jared Goff. So I'm buying. Yeah, I think that's a good argument. Lamar Jackson's a different beast. Well, that'll uh, that'll do it for the show today. Good luck in your waiver wire. Hopefully you get all the guys you're going for. Uh, make sure you give us a like, a follow, uh, at the FF Fathers on Twitter. Um, let us know what you think. Um, yeah, good luck with those waivers. Have a good one, folks. Deuces.